KPBS On Demand is supported by UC San Diego Osher Lifelong Learning Institute, hosting an open house to learn about the upcoming classes and seminars, member benefits, and meet the volunteer leadership team. Saturday, March 30th. Registration at extendedstudies.ucsd.edu slash O-L-L-I. Good morning. I'm Debbie Cruz. It's Friday, August 5th. We'll hear from San Diego Mayor Todd Gloria on housing and more. But first, let's do the headlines. Ahead of its fall semester, SDSU will again require students, faculty, and staff to wear masks in classes regardless of vaccination status. The requirement goes into effect next Monday and will be in place for at least a month. The college's semester begins on August 22nd. This comes as San Diego County remains in the CDC's high COVID transmission tier. The San Diego Police Department announced yesterday that it has completed its investigation into the sexual assault of a young woman by five SDSU football players. No one has been arrested in what police are calling a very complex case. Now it's up to the San Diego County District Attorney on whether or not criminal charges will be filed. The alleged assault happened at an off-campus house party last October when the woman was 17. Earlier this week, SDSU announced that it has launched its own investigation. The La Jolla Music Society's former director of finance was sentenced yesterday to 30 months in prison for embezzling more than $650,000 from the nonprofit. Chris Benavidez stole the money over nearly a decade and used it to pay his mortgage, credit cards, utility bills, and more, according to the U.S. Attorney's Office. At the sentencing, the organization's president said Benavides was making a six-figure salary when he stole from the nonprofit. The judge also issued a preliminary order for Benavides to pay $650,000 in restitution. From KPBS, you're listening to San Diego News Now. Stay with me for more of the local news you need. KPBS On Demand is supported by MaraCal Design and Remodeling, helping homeowners with their home remodeling needs. From ADUs to custom kitchen remodels and room additions, MaraCal Design and Remodeling designs and builds your dream home. Learn more at trustyourhometous.com. The City of San Diego now has an updated climate action plan, and city leaders will consider a new proposal to increase housing. Both initiatives have been presented by San Diego Mayor Todd Gloria. Gloria joined KPBS's Maureen Cavanaugh yesterday to discuss these issues. So this week, the San Diego City Council unanimously approved an ambitious update to the city's climate action plan. It includes plans to uh, electrify the city by banning natural gas in new construction and retrofitting most homes that use gas to electricity. Why is the move away from natural gas such a big part of this update? Well, it's what we need to do in order to address the changing climate that's around us. I think your listeners and viewers see it every day in terms of the drought, extreme heat, other challenges. uh, The changes that we envision in this climate action plan are actually less impactful than those that we anticipate will happen because of our changing climate. So in order to get to our new goal of net zero emissions by the year 2035, uh, we have to electrify uh, most of our city. We have to adopt more renewable energy, work collaboratively with our 
San Diego Community Power, our new community choice aggregator. Um, all of these things together, uh, we believe can help us meet these emission reduction targets uh, that will help reduce the worst uh, impacts of climate change. So this week, you also unveiled your second housing package in an effort to create more affordable homes for low-income and middle-class San Diegans. A big part of this plan involves getting innovative about where to develop new homes. For instance, can you explain how this plan would develop housing on underused commercial spaces? Well, what we envision is providing more incentives to actually encourage property owners and builders to go in and turn those properties into the housing that we so desperately need. Uh, you know, I hear often from San Diegans their concerns uh, about where some of this new housing will go. And there seems to be a heavy consensus that this stuff should be focused in our commercial corridors. I agree, but we have to create the incentives to do that. So whether that is expedited processing, uh, granting of additional density, um, other kinds of streamlining efforts, our hope is that these commercial corridors and these commercial properties that simply are not keeping up with the times can in fact turn over, uh, remain commercial on the ground level. Again, we want people to be able to walk to what and bike to what they need in their communities, but that it has the housing above it that every recent college grad and every senior who wants to uh, stay in their community, uh, every working and middle-class person who can't find a home to rent or to own can actually have a shot at getting. Now, yesterday you met with mayors across San Diego County to talk about homelessness. Is there an effort to create a regional strategy on homelessness? Mayors in this county meet at least quarterly on this matter. Uh, This is not a downtown San Diego issue. This is not a city of San Diego issue anymore. Every city in this county and in our unincorporated areas are seeing extreme increases in homelessness, actually more than what we've seen in the city of San Diego. And it does require us to all coordinate, uh, consolidate our efforts. And uh, we hosted this at the San Diego Rescue Mission, which is in Bankers Hill in the city of San Diego. And Maureen, I have to tell you, I was grateful for the 12 mayors who showed up at this meeting because they could see what a state-of-the-art homeless shelter may look like. One of the challenges I know is that oftentimes proposed shelters receive a lot of pushback from surrounding communities because their impression of what a shelter is is very different from what it actually is. At the rescue mission that has been operating on that site for over 10 years, I would defy most people to know if they walk past it, that's a homeless shelter, you know, catering to over 100 people every single night of the week. I think for those mayors to see that, touch it, feel it in person, uh, hopefully will strengthen their desire and their willingness to go to their communities and say to them, listen, we had a 60, 70, 100% increase in the amount of homeless in our community last year. We have to start creating local solutions. And I happen to see one in the city of San Diego that we think will integrate well into the neighborhood. Housing ends homelessness, Maureen. We need more cities to actually generate the housing, both the shelter beds and the permanent long-term housing that we know can get people off the streets and keep them off the streets. That was San Diego Mayor Todd Gloria speaking with KPBS Midday Edition host, Maureen Kavanaugh. Border officials are pressing pause on construction at Friendship Park. KPBS reporter Tanya Thorne tells us more about the decision. It's the response Friendship Park advocates had hoped to get, a temporary hold on construction of two 30-foot-tall border walls. Customs and Border Protection announced the pause on Thursday in order to engage with community stakeholders and discuss the planned construction. Part of the announcement from CBP also included an update on the reopening of Friendship Park, saying upon completion of construction, they are committed to preserving access to the park and commit to opening it a minimum of two days each month. John Fanisil with Friends of Friendship Park says that's less access than there used to be, 
and he hopes solutions can be reached at an upcoming summit. The need for genuine and broad consultation is very real because there are so very many people who are engaged with and who care about Friendship Park. Fanisil says a stakeholder summit will be held in September. Tanya Thorne, KPBS News. Many South Bay beaches are closed because of sewage contamination, but people are still choosing to get in the ocean. KPBS reporter Melissa May got reactions from beachgoers. Signs next to the Imperial Beach Pier warn people to stay out of the water, but we found people swimming in the ocean anyway. Alexander Bergman is visiting from Austria and said he wasn't worried about swimming in contaminated water. No, not at all. So I think that shouldn't be that much of an issue. While local surfers are also braving the water they've been surfing for years, some tourists have mixed feelings about the warning signs of sewage contamination. Sue Plager from Colorado is in town visiting family. I was just kind of surprised and amazed. We came for vacation here and we're not going in the water. The county's Department of Environmental Health and Quality tests bacteria levels at about 45 beaches every day and posts the status online at sdbeachinfo.com. Melissa May, KPBS News. Coming up, journalists see similarities between monkeypox and HIV-AIDS response. We'll have that story and more next, just after the break. KPBS On Demand is supported by Under the Sun Foundation, presenting the Candlewood Arts Festival in Borrego Springs, featuring temporary public art projects that engage community and place. March 23rd. More at candlewoodartsfestival.org. Federal officials have declared a public health emergency for monkeypox, a viral disease that spreads through close physical contact. KPBS science and technology reporter Thomas Fudge has more. U.S. Health and Human Services Secretary Javier Becerra said the U.S. was taking its response to the next level to stop the spread of monkeypox. Becerra said there are at least 6,600 cases of monkeypox in the U.S., up from fewer than 5,000 last week. In San Diego County, 59 cases of monkeypox have been confirmed. All of those cases were men, and the majority were men with male sexual partners. The commissioner of the FDA, Robert Califf, said available vaccine doses could increase by fivefold if a skin-deep injection using a much smaller amount proves to be effective. In recent days, it's become clear to all of us we're at a critical inflection point, dictating the need for additional solutions to address the rise in infection rates. So far, about 4,000 doses of monkeypox vaccine have been received in San Diego County. Thomas Fudge, KPBS News. As cases of monkeypox climb and health officials scramble to contain the outbreaks, one veteran journalist sees the similarities from covering the HIV-AIDS virus almost four decades ago and is now urging health officials not repeat the same mistakes. KPBS reporter Kitty Alvarado has his story. 
Decades before monkeypox, another virus was predominantly affecting gay men, HIV-AIDS. With Hank Plant reporting. Reporter Hank Plant was at ground zero for the epidemic, San Francisco. Sounds strange, but it was kind of a gift for me to be an openly gay man and a reporter working in San Francisco. And so I was able to tell the story from my own perspective and seeing that it was affecting my friends. So it was always more than a story to me, and I wanted to get it right. And getting it right was not easy, especially when many, including government officials, didn't think it was important. The subject came up at a press conference in the White House when Reagan was president uh, and in the press room. The press secretary was asked about this new disease, AIDS, and the room laughed. At the time, Plant says there was little to no information about the virus, so his station, KPIX, made a real commitment to cover it. So we were going on the air every night telling people how to not get the disease, uh, what was new with treatment, were any of the drugs working, and remember this was at a time when the Reagan administration was barely talking about it. Still, he says the lack of information led to fear and abuse of the gay community living in fear themselves. People were being kicked out of their apartments. People were being fired. There were no legal protections back then. Uh, So it was really awful. It was terrible. Plant says by the time President Reagan said the word AIDS for the first time, 23,000 Americans had died of the virus. There are a lot of parallels to the beginning of AIDS. Uh, there was inaction by the government back then. He says the current monkeypox emergency is giving him flashbacks to those early days when he covered AIDS. Uh, there were a lot of gay men who were being scapegoated and blamed for AIDS uh, back then. And uh, you can bet that there are gay people, gay men being blamed today for this. There's a lot of fear in the gay community that that's going to get worse. Plant urges health and government officials to get out front once and for all and explain exactly how the virus is transmitted and do everything they can to get vaccines to help stop monkeypox from spreading. We're going to have a lot more cases. Uh, It is preventable. Plant has earned every award imaginable for his AIDS coverage, including a Peabody. But his goal back then was to save lives. He believes reporters now also have an opportunity to make a positive impact. Don't be afraid to tell the truth. I think that there is some fear among, particularly among straight journalists, that they don't want to offend the gay community by saying uh, you're getting it from gay sex. It's not a sexually transmitted disease, but it's the close contact. And I think the journalists have to tell the truth about it and not worry about the backlash. He says he learned a lot from covering AIDS, a lot of it about himself. Once you slay your dragons in life, it makes you stronger. And so that was my big fear when I was growing up, like a lot of gay kids. And once I came out, I just started to relax and enjoy life. Kitty Alvarado, KPBS News. California schools need more counselors, and the State Department of Education has launched an effort to attract 10,000 of them to school campuses. That includes offering $20,000 grants for students to complete advanced degrees and then work in K-12 schools. State Superintendent Tony Thurmond says the social and emotional growth of children has suffered in the pandemic. 
Our students deserve and need to have more support. And we're grateful to have resources that we can use to help them. We recognize that it will take time to build out many of these resources. It's why we've embarked on such a big number. $184 million is included in the new state budget to cover the teaching grants and other efforts to recruit more counselors and clinicians. In other education news, thousands of San Diego Community College students could end up being able to save money on textbooks this fall. KPBS education reporter M.G. Perez explains. San Diego Congressman Scott Peters delivered the ceremonial check for $975,000. It's federal grant money that will be used to create hundreds more classes that use free textbooks and online resources at three community colleges in his 52nd district. That includes Miramar College and City and Mesa College, too. Emily Smith is a Miramar student who was on the task force to get more federal funding. When you have zero-cost textbooks in a classroom, it just makes that accessibility to education just so much more affordable. And you can go back to college easier. You can continue in college easier, and then you can graduate easier. Students at the three community colleges are expected to save $3 million combined in the coming school year. M.G. Perez, KPBS News. And before you go, we have a few weekend arts events to share with you. Compliments of KPBS arts producer Julia Dixon-Evans. Dreaming of Paris? Well, you can visit Paris-themed concerts this weekend to feel like you're there. The La Jolla Music Society Summer Fest is hosting a weekend in Paris starting today. The concerts will showcase Paris's history from the mid-1800s to the mid-1900s. The performances will include works by French artists and composers. You're listening to André Couplet's Comme Fantastique. You can hear it at today's performance. And the three days of concerts will be at the Baker Bomb Concert Hall at the Conrad in La Jolla. Today's and tomorrow's performances start at 7.30 p.m. And Sunday's show starts at 3 p.m. This weekend is your last chance to see local playwright Charles Borges' new play, Blue Period, at the Onstage Playhouse in Chula Vista. The play is about the life of Picasso. When he and his close friend left Spain for Paris, which led to tragic events in their friendship that launched Picasso's famed Blue Period. The remaining performances are today and tomorrow at 8 p.m. and 2 p.m. on Sunday. You can find more details about the arts events mentioned and more at kpbs.org arts. That's it for the podcast today. This podcast is produced by KPBS senior radio producer Brooke Ruth and producer Emmalyn Mohebi. As always, you can find more San Diego news online at kpbs.org. I'm Debbie Cruz. Thanks for listening and have an awesome weekend. KPBS On Demand is supported by Under the Sun Foundation, 
presenting the Candlewood Arts Festival in Borrego Springs, featuring temporary public art projects that engage community and place. March 23rd. More at candlewoodartsfestival.org.